Welcome to the Conditional Release Program, a podcast that delves into the netherworld of cults, crims, and con artists. We don't like these people when it shows. We believe the best way to expose them is to hold them up to a harsh light, point our index fingers in their general direction, and mock them mercilessly, take them down a peg or two until they cease to exist in any other form than the shit on our shoes. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And today's episode is dedicated to the wonderful Mary Durack. Mary's a fan of the Conditional Release Program, but we are bigger fans of hers for her lifelong promotion of Indigenous culture and helping to bring shared histories between First Australians and settlers in the top end to the eyes of all Australians. Mary has been diagnosed with what Neil Danaher calls the beast, motor neurone disease. And what a terrible thing it is. Here's a huge shout-out to you, Mary. We hope you're going well, and we love your work. And we'll post a link to the MND Association, ask you flicking a bit of dough, so maybe, just maybe, what Mary and thousands of other Australians like her have to go through can be treated and cured in the future, because right now, jack shit. It sucks. It's a fuck of a disease. And look, it's a much better cause than buying Monica Smith a new duck-down puffer vest or a VW or some shit. Yes, indeed. Please be generous. And we'll also pop up some links so that you can see for yourselves what a wonderful wonderful person Mary is. Absolutely. And it's a special show today. It is. We are one year of age today. We, we are, are one. Yeah, happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to the Conditional Release Program. Uh, we are one today and we're champing at the bit to rise to our feet and start taking our first awkward steps into Australian fringe politics, stumbling forward with a gleam of accomplishment in our eyes before crashing into the edge of the coffee table and getting a scar on our foreheads that will be with us for life. Chicks love scars. I fully embrace this movement so look i can't believe we made it a lot of podcasts don't and it feels really good jack it feels really good and thanks for coming with us because we wouldn't keep doing it if you weren't listening so i really appreciate you guys sticking around but enough of that bullshit i could be sentimental for fucking days in today's show we have ancient nazis on trial the act pulls the shutters up on unvaxxed federal politicians finally i'd say and americans are murdering their families as usual thanks to confected anti-vax paranoia which is just another week in the movement really and we'll have all your favorites including black bill fuckwit anti-vax update and another huge week in pete evans as usual so we best get on with it it's time for the one-year-old conditional release program's weekly news In amusing news, the ACT government announced on Thursday afternoon that only double-jabbed federal MPs, senators and staff from COVID-impacted areas would not need to quarantine for two weeks ahead of October's sittings and estimates hearings. ACT Chief Minister Andrew Barr took to social media with the news saying those who were unvaccinated would need to complete the 14 days of isolation. Yep. And thus we get to find out which of our pollies is unvaxxed or at least those that claim to be unvaxxed. Yes. And Craig Kelly was seen bouncing his ball in the backyard with a red ensign in the background. It's his second 14-day of ISO before entering the parliament. Yep. And Pauline Hanson claims she remains unvaxxed, complaining. She took to uh, to the media complaining about the ACT's rules. Yep. The vaccinated person can still <laughs> carry COVID, so what's the point? Yep. Fucking idiot. This is scaremongering. I'm not going to bow to Andrew Barr's demands and I think they're unrealistic. It's stupid, she said, the queen of fucking stupid. It's stupid (laughs) to put a person in quarantine for two weeks who doesn't have COVID. Well, Pauline, how the fuck would you know? (laughs) 
Yeah, but it raises all sorts of questions. What will Georgie Christensen do? What will Matty Canavan do? No. One of the other impossibly stupid LMP MPs do. Matty Canavan could always work in the mines. He loves it. Loves it. Nah, at very least, they're going to have to either declare their vaccination status as being fully vaxxed or lie about it and spend 14 days in ISO. Yeah, the latter. It brings to mind the question, why shouldn't all MPs be vaxxed? State, federal, you name it. Yep. Well, being an MP comes with all manner of privilege, including, oddly, not having to live by the laws that their very own parliaments have made. As God intended. Yeah, perhaps more interestingly, we have around six, maybe seven anti-vax MPs, around 3% of the joint. Mm -hmm. And given the ACT is at 95% plus single jab, and New South Wales has knocked over the 90% threshold... These guys are getting a long, hard look into the Australian people. And guess what, Pauline, Matt, George, etc. The vast majority of Australians are, have been proven to be smarter than you lot. Yes, that is absolutely true. And meanwhile, in the mecca of dumb, it's the United States, Joel. What yes. are they up to? It's the same United States that's holding rallies to save Australia, yet... We see another sad and bizarre set of casualties that don't tend to happen here from a delusional mind pushed toward violence from anti-vax propaganda. And, you know, the Americans have different kind of anti-vax propaganda over there. It's much more terrifying, the line between Democrats and Trump and that sort of bullshit. So a 46-year-old man in Maryland has been accused of killing his brother, Brian Robinette, and his sister-in-law, Kelly Sue Robinette, and, charmingly, an 83-year-old woman. I'm going to spare you the details because they're fucking gross, and this was a childhood friend of his mother. I mean, like, what a charming young lad. Oh, dear. On the information so far, this all happened because he thought his brother was killing people by administering the COVID shot. Oh Usually vague bullshit. And he believed the vaccines were poisonous and wanted to confront him about it. He believed his brother knew something, which we can only guess is related to his work as a pharmacist administering said vaccines. Knew what, dickhead? You're the one with the fucking Telegram account. Tell him. Like, what's going on? So police believe he's responsible for the shooting death of his brother and his sister-in-law, and their bodies were found in their home. So he's basically went to the house and shot them. That's what it looks like. This feels like a total continuation of the QAnon murders that have eerily similar stories. Motivated by bullshit on the internet, we saw a 26-year-old from Seattle a couple of years ago kill his brother because he believed his brother was a reptilian from the Illuminati. Totally reasonable thought. He mm. thought of himself a proud boy, and it's believed he got these dipshit ideas from the QAnon conspiracy universe. Where of else? Mm. Of course. And, you know, they, they beat up the war drums. What's going to happen? You're going to fucking see violence. So when you convince people they're under attack, sometimes they get defensive. Pair this with a delusional mind. It's like a vulnerable mind, and you're going to get violence. Yeah. The warlike rhetoric and imagery that anti-vaxxers use on tap, especially in the US, turns people into violent beings. It just does. This isn't a bug. It's a feature. This is intentional. Dividing people is one thing, but then pitting them against each other in violent battle is another. And this is a direct consequence of online propaganda, possibly done by a psyop. Who knows? Either mm. way, everyone involved is fucking guilty. And when families are killing each other over the vaccine, you know shit has gone way, way too way far. Too far. Yeah. It's just out of fucking control. So the body count from anti-vaxxers lives through this pandemic is really hard to tally because a lot of them just got sick. Things like this are a lot more direct. The irony of people dying from COVID to avoid a vaccine they claim is population control is almost funny. Almost. But another tragedy that we must report here in the news is that Ben Garrison, the tasteless Trump cartoonist and all-round fascist piece of shit, did not die from COVID. Aww. It's such a shame. He still walks among us and he's more anti-vax than ever. So fucking galvanized. Mm, of course he is. Mm. While we've seen countless obituaries of idiot anti-vaxxers in recent times, especially on sorryantivaxxer.com and the Herman Cain Award on Reddit, with the false belief their immune systems are somehow super special, sadly Garrison made it through. Probably oh, through dear. his beet juice, I'm guessing. 
you know, that was, that was his strategy. Real good, real he's good. The so, Dw- he's the Dwight Schrute of uh, Andy Vatches. <laughs> he really is. And he's got those purple stained teeth uh, from the beats. And he's that's how you know. That's how you know he's made it through. Those what purple a teeth. Complete twat. Uh, and the BBC World Service reported on Friday that 76 years after the end of World War II, a former concentration camp guard has gone on trial for assisting in the murder of 3,518 prisoners at Sachsenhausen concentration camp near Berlin. Well pronounced, by the way. Well done. Joseph S. is 100 years of age. Uh, They haven't named him, um, but uh, he's known only as Joseph S. He's 100 years of age, and he's accused of complicity in the shooting of Soviet prisoners of war and the murder of others with Zyklon B gas. Mm -hmm. And time is running out for Nazi-era criminals to face justice, and he is the oldest defendant so far to stand trial. Uh, it was only in recent years that lower-ranking Nazis, Nazis were brought to trial. Ten years ago, the conviction of former SS guard John Demjanjuk uh, set a precedent enabling prosecutors to charge people for aiding and abetting Nazi crimes in World War II. Mm-hmm. Until then, direct participation in murder had to be proven. Mm. So this is what we've seen, a bit of a spate of these very elderly suspects being brought before the courts. Prior to that, from 1945, really, until uh, 2010, these people were allowed to wander off unpunished. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Joseph S. was led into especially a adapted sports hall at a prison in Brandenburg uh, where the trial began amid strict security. He arrived outside the court in a wheelchair, clutching a briefcase and entered with the aid of a walking frame. He shielded his face with a blue file to stop photographers getting a view. Josef S has lived in the Brandenburg area for years, reportedly as a locksmith and has not spoken publicly about the trial. His lawyer, Stefan Waterkamp, told the court that the defendant would make no comment at the trial on the allegations against him. He would, however, speak about his personal circumstances at Friday's hearing. Josef S. was just 21 when he first became a guard at Sachsenhausen in 1942, now almost 101. He is considered able to appear in court for up to two and a half hours a day. The trial is due to continue until January. For those wondering what's, what the point is in convicting a 100-year-old man for crimes, my view is these people should be hunted down and forced to face the music for their yep. appalling crimes. Yep. The, the just following orders defence won't cut it, never has, never will. Yep. So Joseph S., a gardener death camp, is looking at being sentenced to life behind bars, which at his age might be a 30-day sentence, you know, but... <laughs> That's okay. It's crucial to have these people stand tall before a judge on this mortal coil before they shuffle off. And a great many have already slipped through the justice system. Forgive and forget for the Holocaust? I'm sorry. No. No. The greatest crime against humanity in history demands those responsible, no matter what level, be pursued to the ends of the earth. Damn right. Money! I'll do anything for you. Money! Just tell me what you want. And today's program is proudly brought to you today by Orcus. <laughs> I'm Raucus, you're Raucus, we're all Raucus for Orcus. 
Yes, Joel, AUKUS is the answer to all our national security needs. If you're a Sinophobe babbling about Chinese adventurism in the South Pacific, if you're worried about a seething mass of the People's Liberation Army making their way into Circular Quay, stopping briefly at the Tourist Information Centre, being photographed <laughs> in front of the Opera House and snapping up some overpriced opals at the rocks before viciously conquering Australia, why not turn to AUKUS? Yeah. It is the product of uh, three of the greatest military minds in the world today. Bojo, ScoMo, and Grandpa Joe. <laughs> AUKUS is a great security umbrella that ensures our long wait for submarines will be just as long, probably longer, more expensive, and arrive just in time to watch her in this 22nd century, which we've paid for now that we owe the French a lazy $80 billion for the subs we swore hand on heart we were going to buy from $80 them. $80 billion. Fuck, please that's don't vote Google next That's election. what they're going to hands out for. On, we'll guys. be requiring a lazy $80 billion from Jesus. the Commonwealth of Australia. In the meantime... We'll have American subs that we won't be allowed to touch or even look at. Don't look at them, Joel. (laughs) And why wouldn't we? You know, everything's going beautifully in the US. It is an utterly perfect form of democracy, a shining beacon of truth, justice, and the American way with a political system where only the cream of the crop find their way (laughs) to the top of the political ladder. E pluribus unum, right, guys? Yeah, indeed. And ditto the UK for that matter. I mean, anything that throws up Boris Johnson as a prime minister has got to be just, you know, just steaming ahead. But he's so related. Democracy. Yeah, quality people running the show all over the place. Orcus, remember, it's got nothing to do with us. <laughs> I think one of the first things it says within the Constitution is all laws within all... within. And that's our new additional theme for which black pilled fuckwit said that. And we thank our contributing listeners for it. Thanks, guys. Thanos is for mine. Thanos Panietis is for mine. Australia's funniest comedian. I've loved everything he's done, starting from smashing his own telly, yeah, then smashing his own camera, and violently <laughs> lashing out at his followers for not taking his website seriously. I love that. So good. And if you're successful today, Joel, you'll win a smash telly. Not just any <laughs> smash telly, but one smashed by Australia's favourite Dalian surrealist, Thanos Panietis. Ooh. However, if you fuck it up, get answers wrong, you'll become personally liable for the compensation to the tune of $80 billion, payable now, not in 30 days, fucking now, to the French submarine manufacturer Direction de Construction Navales. Make the check payable to DCNS, Joel, when you get around to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so here we go. Question one. I'm not happy about this at all. This is very upsetting. But anyway, go ahead. Ruin me. Yeah. yeah $80 billion is yeah. a lot. You'll, you'll have to say. I'll tell you what. It'll make for a great fucking Guy Ritchie movie. <laughs> you know, like I'll have to go around and rob how many banks to get this to happen? <laughs> it's going to be quite a few. It's going to be a challenge. A Question one. Scam. Black Pill, which Black Pilled fuck which said this? And I quote, We urge you to buy in a supply of nano silver 10 ppm to handle whatever new plague they throw at us by supporting your immune system to make it as close to invulnerable as humanly possible. Mm. Nano silver 10 ppm. That'll get you there. Was that knocking out a bit of gear off his internet card table, Dr. Joe McCullough? Was that... Kenyan doctor and chairman of the Kenyan Catholic Doctors Association who became a vociferous opponent of COVID-19 vaccines, saying the jabs were, quote, totally unnecessary, unquote. Dr. Stephen Karanja, or was that? Always photographed in a bright white lab coat, so you know she's a doctor. 
Dr. Rima Lei Bao. Yeah, in lack of talent, you just have nice lighting. <laughs> yes, right. And a white lab coat. Always Very turn important. up. Always turn or up. Or was it Cameroon-born doctor and preacher, now working in Houston, preacher at uh, Firepower Ministries, who five years ago said alien DNA was being used in medical treatments <laughs> and that yes, scientists were cooking up a vaccine to prevent people from being religious. Stella Emanuel. Remember her job? I know I'm going to get this wrong, but it's just the fact that I'm almost certain that Joe McCullough sells this shit. So I'm going to go with Dr. Joe. Well, he does, but uh, I'm afraid you're wrong, Joe. Yes, he does. He does knock out a bit of silver gear, nano silver gear. But uh, in this case, it was Rima LeBow. Uh, She's constantly having problems with the FDA and, in fact, the Department of Justice brought an action against her because she had claimed nano silver, 10 ppm, uh, would, uh, would cure... Uh, COVID. And, I think the term uh, you're looking for is uh, snake oil grifter. Yeah, that look, that's it. She's uh, she's got uh, a medical qualification. That's why she calls herself a doctor. Yes, um, but she works in basically adolescent psychiatry and what have you. Uh, Great, prominent grifter, knocking out a bit of nano silver silver gear, just like Joe McCola. Um, but uh, she's the one who got pulled up, absolutely smashed by the Department of Justice. Saying, Good. Fucking come along to court and explain yourself. And, of course, she was unable to. So, unfortunately, zero from one, Joel. Not going well. And we thank listener Garth for the next question. And it is related somewhat to the first one in that uh, it relates to a TV show that featured the wonderful Dr. Rima Leibau. Here's the quote. The TV show, I just mentioned, the TV show went viral and got the highest rating soon after this episode was deleted, not just from the channel, but also from people's DVR recorders. That's such bullshit. They actually went into people's DVRs and deleted this episode. That is just a lie. It is just not how it works. That is a lie. (laughs) It is a fucking lie. Well, you know. It's a bit of a fiction. Uh, Which one of our local idiots did it come from? Was it Mensa member snapping out perfectly completed Rubik's Cubes every 12 seconds while contemplating absolute zero? (laughs) Intellectual giant and angry young man found us Paddy Eddies. Yep. If Monica Smith is the anti-vaxxers Mandela, then Thanos is its Steve Biko, its pulsating brain. I like the idea of him being Dan Quayle. <laughs> but, but Biko, of course, was the, 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 intellect, the intellect behind the African National Congress. Ah. Um, and and uh, Mandela really was its heart and soul. And Biko ah. was its brain. He was murdered uh, in custody. Biko. Very ah. sad. Uh, so was it Thanos, uh, our man? Thanos, uh, angry young man. Thanos, or was it Melbourne-based Belarusian anti-vax genius while positing a theory that the universe is an entropic system where photoelectrons emit photons? James Karoshin. Jesus, I don't even know who that guy is, but I'm sure he's going to pop up real soon. Or was it? You know we overuse the term genius. For mine, there have only been six. Isaac Newton, Leonardo da Vinci, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, Albert Einstein, and Raf Fernandez. I'm number seven, just, just for reference. <laughs> Or was it recently jailed but totally innocent except for all those crimes he's done? Child prodigy with a $300 haircut, Anthony Kalouf. God damn it. Well, I don't know who the second guy is. I reckon it might be... Oh, I'm going to go with the second guy. Wild card. 
Yes, very, very good. Very, very uh, good James powers production there. James Corrosion yeah. it was. And thank you very much to listener Garth for popping that one in. And what he's relating to is conspiracy theory with Jesse Ventura. <laughs> uh, Jesse the Body Ventura. The Body Ventura. Uh, series one, episode five, where he interviews Rima Laval, the ah. doctor to the royals, calling herself that, and uh, knocking out a bit of silver gear there, nano silver gear to uh, to listeners there. So I almost uh, like Jesse Ventura, almost. He's a man of conviction. Yeah, I almost like him too. Almost. I did like him when he was wrestling because he was yes. very funny. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, but listener Garth tells us that uh, that's where the you know that there was a sort of grainy old video of this on YouTube that had sort of come down, and this meant that James Karoshin believed that it had not only come down off YouTube, but it had been, but uh, you know the, the 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 deep state had been able to reach into our VCRs. And- yeah. Just rocking up to our houses at night and just pressing the delete button. Shh, shh, you're just dreaming. You're just dreaming. That's not how technology works. These people always think they're being hacked. It's the most fucking frustrating thing. Like, I get this enough in my professional life, but holy shit, it's always, I'm being hacked. Oh, we're being censored. And the irony of this, my favorite part, is when they're in a comment section of one of their fucking dickhead cult leaders, and the cult leader is deleting all the dissenting comments, and they go, oh my God, we're being censored by big tech. No, 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 no. Monica's deleting comments. Not big tech, the person that you listen to who says free speech all the time. Anyway, it just fucking shits me. You're not being hacked, all right? all right? It's not a virus. It's not a tumor. All right. You can stop your babbling now because uh, you're one, one from two. And I still think the uh, Fantasy Pony Easy Smash television set is coming your way if you get on this the cards. one right. It's on the cards. And here's a quote. It's a long one. Uh, these people... Don't look like neo-Nazis, extreme far-rightists, racists, conspiracy theorists, fascists, white supremacists, misogynists, misandrists, climate deniers, Islamophobes, transphobics, gun nutters, homophobes, size deniers, tinfoil hatters. They're Aussies wanting our freedom back. Fuck, that is just a list of people I don't want to hang out with. Yeah, well. Don't come over for dinner. Let me ask you, Joel. Was it the member for Manila, Georgie Porgy Puddin' and Pie Christensen? <laughs> was it second line, second in line to the Fon Crown, tiny human, invisible to the naked eye, Malcolm Roberts? Yep. Wasn't mining industry tout and cosplay coal miner so much so that he's thinking of getting a bit of black lung? Just to be even more in the moment, <laughs> Matt the Brat Canavan. What a fuckwit. Uh, or was it Steve McQueen lookalike? He's rugged, he's handsome, and playing with a ball that Clive Palmer throws his way only when Big Clive can be bothered. The member for Hughes for now, Craig Kelly. I think Craig Kelly actually looks like a hedgehog. Personally, I've looked at it. I've looked at it a quite a bit. He looks like get the ball, get the ball, get the ball, hedgehog. get the ball, Craig, get the ball. <laughs> Fuck. All right, I'm going to go with Malcolm Roberts. He's t- saying a lot of stuff recently. Fucking oh, cheese. And the uh, the 60-inch uh, Sanyo. Uh, Are you kidding? It's like a 32-inch from like 2001. <laughs> it's on its way to you. And we do encourage uh, all our listeners uh, to uh, to contribute to uh, to uh, Black Bill Fuckwit, which Black Bill Fuckwit said that. That's the name. Uh, uh, and, uh, and send us in uh, on our email list, the condition release program. Oh, sorry. And do send us an email uh, to the conditional release program at gmail.com. Uh, mark to the attention of Jack 
uh, just so Joel doesn't sneak a peek Obscure at it. Skewer the answers because I don't want to know. It ruins and the fun of the segment. You'll get a whole bunch of first anniversary um, conditional release program goodies coming your way, including... I'm afraid it's the same as last month. <coughs> Stubby Holder, which, which... I'm using right now. Has all sorts of magical powers now attributed to it that we're not letting uh, the uh, Atagi know about. It's covered in colloidal point. silver. That's what it is. It's covered in colloidal it, yeah, silver. It's, it's basically entirely made of edible silver. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and there are two stats. Uh, that we want to mention in our anti-vax update today. One good, one bad. Firstly, the people of uh, the Australian Capital Territory. Fucking hats off to you. Single dose rate of more than 95% with those aged 12 to 15 having received 80% single dose as of Friday 8th of October. That's been done in about six weeks. It's very decent. For the teenagers, well bloody done. Just fantastic stuff. And New South Wales' uh, uh, vax rate in that 12 to 15 category is just over 50%. So to get to 80 is just staggering. And well done. Well done, young Australians. Just sensational stuff. Well done to the kids. Turning up, their hearts aren't exploding. Life's good. Yeah, look, I don't think there's a record of really any serious adverse yeah, uh, I'm reaction not hearing at it. all in the ACT yeah. or anywhere else in that matter. Of course, well, they're just reaching into our computers and stealing the truth. I mean, that's what's really happening. <laughs> into our DVRs, yeah. What a fuckwit. Uh, so that's terrific work. In fact, the, the way the ACT have <laughs> obviously set this up was never expecting them to get anywhere near totality. So they just express it with the mathematical symbol for more than yeah. 95. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, you're not going to catch a few fish and they're going to flounder around like flapping dickheads but you just let them flap until they run out of puff and then that's about it it's a great result and of course in new south wales on, on monday the 11th of october having reached our 70 percent uh, fully vaxxed rate now we open up the pubs are open joel and i'll be heading yep. down there banging on the door about 11 o'clock in the morning demanding one out of the tap carbon draft you know what i want straight to the gym straight to the fucking gym yeah so look it's a, it's a it's it'll be a glorious moment and i'm very much looking at uh, forward to uh, having one out of the tap in the pub t- yeah, tomorrow can, for yeah, us. We We're recording on Sunday. Tomorrow's yeah. the big day. Yep, I'm going to be sitting here editing like a fucking beaver. But secondly, and far more troubling, is the vax rate of the developing world, which excludes China and India, which and is currently sitting at a dismal 2.5% uh, of population. Now, Ethiopia, 2.5%. Tanzania, less than 1%. The DRC, Democratic Republic of Congo, 0.11%. Benin, 1.8%. Nigeria, 2.3%. Now, this is a recipe for disaster, not just for those developing countries, many of whom are in Africa, but for all of us because it raises the prospect of yet another COVID variant arising that cannot be controlled by existing vaccines. And this would uh, get us all back to square one on the pandemic very, very quickly. Can do better, World Health Organization. Can do better, First World. Let's get on with vaccinating the entire globe and doing it quickly. I absolutely agree with that. But one thing I can say is that, just as a side note, well done whoever was responsible for this, for getting that malaria vaccine done. 
done. You're going to save millions of lives over yes, the course. Absolutely. You're going to save the lives as long as you don't be assholes and charge $100 a shot and stop the poor people. Because the only people who need it are the ones with no fucking money. So either a beautiful, benevolent move, but where we know. Heavily subsidized or heavily, heavily funded be. by the Bill Gates Foundation. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Of course, the, yeah, that, the worst that, guy in the world. Gates actually set out oh, probably about 10 years ago, and that was one of his aims. Too. That was one of, yeah. He gave fly nets to all these guys, mosquito nets, and they ended up using them to fish and they fucked the waterways. And that's like a big anti-vaxxer trope, like, look at Bill Gates, he fucking sucks. But what I am going to do is I'm going to keep an eye out for all the bullshit anti-vax conspiracies that come up from this malaria vaccine. And I'm going to post them on the wall showing you that anti-vaxxers are so indoctrinated in bullshit cult ideology that they will rail against the developing world living to see another day just so they can continue having a little powwow on Telegram. Worst <laughs> fucking people on the planet, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> well, and their number was added to by one, Joel, oh. with a uh, Victorian copper, a walloper. God, she's the uh, worst. Jumping on board. Yeah, her name's Crystal Mitchell. She's a pill Victorian police officer, and she's taken an anti-vax bullshit public. She's doing the rounds on right-wing social media, well, media in general. She's been infecting her college bullshit, apparently, pilling the whole police department, according to her, which, of course, is a complete lie. Chances are they think she's a fucking gronk and don't want to listen to her at lunchtime. But she is quitting over the public health orders that the police are enforcing. In this dramatic move, she claimed on interview that after the interview with Rebel News, she was going to resign. Ooh, and Avi Yemeni, of course, was like, breaking dramatic resignation on camera. Like, fuck off. It's all theatre. She's been paraded around as a senior police officer, blah, blah, blah. But others have mocked her position, calling her a koala, which is a protected species. And I thought it was pretty clever. And a desk jockey. And basically, <laughs> she takes issue with having to enforce public health orders, despite not actually having to enforce them, because she's a koala who sits behind a desk and munches on gum leaves. So look, this doesn't have... A lot of honesty behind it. She compared enforcing mask mandates to racial profiling, which is the kind of hot take we can't expect from these sort of dickheads. They're so mm. rational, so much logic. And she doesn't really take issue with, like, you know, say, ridiculous drug laws that target at-risk youth. Didn't really care too much when the cops were cracking the skulls of BLM protesters, climate rally kids. No, no, she only gives a fuck when it's her mate to a cop in the truncheon, you know? Yeah. It's so see-through. So it seems like Crystal is just a cop that doesn't really like cops. Let's face it. According to Gary Blauman on Twitter, so take this with a grain of salt because it's totally from Twitter, she was actually under investigation with the Police Integrity Unit for feeding protesters intel, and that's why she's jumping before she was pushed. So that is something we need to take with a grain of salt because it came from Twitter, but yes. that's really naughty. Can't, and that's, be relied, can't be relied upon. No, no. But, like, look, let's face it. Everything's fucking hearsay these days. So... It seems like her head was on the guillotine and she decided to just scream, Freedom! Freedom! And get some right-wing clout. And her money, of course. She's aligning with these various right-wing astroturf causes, including this incredibly sketchy Liberal Party-aligned Red Union campaign we uh, talked about. Very dodgy. And a, this weird global police for freedom group. Freedom! Which has a bunch of Spanish police officers. Police for freedom. Or they'll lock you up. Yeah, um, exactly. And that's the thing. Like, police for freedom. Like, it's a fucking oxymoron. Like, what are you even trying? Some of the headshots on there, I'm like, you're not a police officer. And if you are, that's weird. So, look, it just reeks of a political psyop. 
and a total AstroTurf nonsense. It's a huge grift because, of course, a GoFundMe was set up. Surprise, surprise. Geez, that went up quickly. Oh, mate, look, it's got like almost 70K in a few days. They're looking for half a million bucks. And it's amazing how much money these opaque organizations with these vague objectives can raise just by saying we're anti-vax and going on a few right-wing media shows. They're going to have lawsuits, apparently, maybe, something like Mm. that. Who yeah. knows? It's just lots of noise. But the way she's going about this sets off massive red flags. Like, she's using her badge as this sort of legitimacy shield for her wingnut beliefs, and it's all total horseshit. I'll leave it up to you whether you find it's offensive that she's using the police force and her position in it to justify bullshit anti-vax nonsense. But she speaks with col- like a really clear political intent. It wouldn't surprise me for a second if we saw her running for some incredibly pilled party, or even the most pilled party of all these days, the Victorian <laughs> Liberals in the next state election. So look... Crack outfit. Yeah, yeah exactly. And we'll, we'll keep an eye on this as it goes out because who knows what's going to happen. It just stinks of AstroTurf. It stinks of cult bullshit. It stinks of political operatives. And let's face it, that's just another week in the anti-lockdown movement, really. And also, thanks to Celia Sorbet for helping me on that. She threw some very excellent links for me to help me get to that conclusion because I Does did not know work. a lot of that stuff this morning until I had a chat. And it was a huge week in the Supreme Court with the very widely watched court case to quash the mandatory vaccination direction has concluded, having now concluded, with a reserve judgment, which means we have to wait a bit to find out what happens. How long? I'm not sure, but they shouldn't leave us hanging for too long, Joe. I hope not. I hope not, because I want to know. I want to know how much they got whipped in the judgment. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say anything. It's still wheels are <laughs> in motion. It's yet to be determined. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. All respect to the court. Ugh. Due to a general lack of legal basis, the plaintiffs often appealed to a motion during the case where they were, you know, oh, it's been awful for me. I've had to quit my job. It's not fair. The judge, who's not a therapist, didn't seem too impressed and often caught up the barristers on points of law. My favourite was when Justice Beat Jones asked Dr. Harkis, Buckley's barrister, what the basis of the right to work was. He's like, oh, we've got a right to work. What is that? And he said, the Magna Carta and common law. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Thanks, Chase. Good work. <laughs> so anti-vaxxers have already given his honour the shit. After bombarding him with emails, which he publicly had to say, oh, yeah. stop. It's not helping. Not helping. Like, basically, they think that if they flood his inbox with opposition to mandatory vaccination, magically the law will change and he'll rule in favour of the plaintiffs. But it goes without saying, the Supreme Court is not actually a change.org petition. And this was just incredibly misguided at best. Some poor fucking associate now has to open up his inbox every day, delete all the anti-vax bullshit, including the cheeky ones that try and disguise their intention. Although you could make an Outlook rule that just says, Nuremberg to bin. <laughs> and then provide the judge with this nice, clean, created outlook window. Once again, anti-vaxxers just love to fly past the target and cause collateral damage on anyone who is around someone they don't like. So one thing that's quite funny is apparently Natasha Henry, who's like the lead plaintiff in the aged care mandatory vaccination case under Buckley, is from the Northern Rivers. Oh, oh, what a surprise. Yeah, that so is just- a shock. Just take a moment to think about this for a second. Someone from the Northern Rivers has risked bankruptcy and general infamy to give people the right to infect aged care facilities with COVID-19 and kill your parents. Just let mm. that sink in. That's this, this is who you're dealing with here. What a piece of shit. So we have to wait for the results to come down. As we said, we'll see what happens. But I'm going to be all over that judgment like shingles on an anti-vaxxer because it's going to be fucking great. This guy does not take shit and he's got a way with words. He's going to absolutely fucking slam these guys. I'm goddamn sure of it. 
Buckley, in the interest of vague transparency, has released a summary of costs for the case. He managed to rack up $420,000 doing this. Ooh, yeah, and it includes GMB lawyers' professional fees, three times barristers' professional fees, expert witnesses, and okay. so-called, and yep. other disbursements such as court filing fees and third-party admin support. And that's lovely, Max, but who got that money? How many billables did you rack up briefing your barrister to drop the Magna Carta into the argument? I'm guessing it's not going to be a picnic, but a full Vegas buffet for uh, for Buckley with seafood included. Oh, he's got to be pocketing a fucking shitload of that bill because, like, how much does it really cost? So we have a new quiet challenger named Ibrahim Khan who's challenging the public health orders just like everyone else, but on the proviso that the state doesn't seek costs. They're limiting the, the costs claim at a dollar. I reckon that's going to fail. But that's set for the 19th of October and then later in early November at the same time as the Lada case. So I'm guessing they're pinning them two together because they've got fundamentally similar arguments. I don't think this is going anywhere, to be honest. I think it's a bit of a nomenco, but I'll keep an eye on it. In a much more substantive case run by a fucking massive showboat who gets his fingers in every little fucking pie. I've got an early birthday present because I'm going to be hearing him on the 4th and 5th of November. My birthday's on the 6th. Send flowers and large case of beer. When John Larder has his case heard on behalf of New South Wales paramedics who seem to want to give paramedics the God-given right to transmit COVID to people who are seeking critical care. Yeah. What's better than being in a car accident? What a, what a terrific idea. Being mm-hmm. in a car accident and getting COVID in an ambulance. Well, it's, it's, it's just better. So, look, keep it up, Lutz. I'm really looking forward to see how that goes. You really don't look like a fuckwit. Not at all. In Victoria, the bizarre case of the horticulturally inclined casual teacher, Belinda Setner, and her hubby, Jack, are taking on the state of Victoria and will be heard later this month on the 25th of October. Representing herself, I heard she was, I didn't listen to the directions, but I heard she was very kindly treated uh, and advised to get a lawyer, possibly refine her argument. Possibly a very good one. Yeah, get a lawyer. Always a good idea if you're going to go to court. If you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna sue the sue a state, probably a good idea to get a lawyer. She's a law student, so you know, like she knows half of it, right? Like that, that's, no. that's basically it. Yeah, I'm gonna go start suing people as well. And basically, she went down the road and got this local firm called NOH Legal to do it. So they've racked up eighty three thousand five hundred dollars of their four hundred fifty thousand dollar goal and i'm sure it will just keep climbing due to this weird fetish that anti-vaxxers have with lawsuits despite continually losing in court with no sign of victory because they're just sisyphean people they're just weird they just love pushing <laughs> that rock up even though it keeps on falling on their fucking heads so i'd love to call this a grift in a scam but the gofundme they put up of course they have a gofundme has a very clear disclaimer that says the money's in a trust and excess money will be funded with a mechanism displayed about alphabetical order and shit or some shit. It'll be a lawyer's picnic for NOH who may well decide that professional fees are, you know, whatever 99% of the GoFundMe is. But yeah. unlike Buckley, who has staunchly resisted calls to be accountable through putting the money in a trust, has blatantly said no refunds, please, and thank you, it would appear that these guys have some degree of respect for the process and the, you know, legal profession uniform law. So I'm guessing this is just another clown show where they try and convince an annoyed judge that ivermectin works, the vaccine doesn't, COVID's a conspiracy, and it's just basically going to be a waste of fucking time. Mm. I'll be following the case as it comes up, but I might just end up reading the highlights real on Reddit and Oslaw because, honestly, these cases are boring as fuck. Like, I didn't really want to be a lawyer before. Now I'm pretty sure I do not want to be a lawyer. Well, there's a win-win. There's a oh, win. well, I mean, there's look, a win let's for face the it. world, really, in many ways. There's <laughs> enough of them. <laughs> Indeed. And yes. look, that being said, despite my professional uh, quandary, uh, I do love law drama on TV and we are oh, living our own God. little plot line. We've got our own little fucking Boston legal happening here between Nathan Buckley and Peter Matuk. It's very funny. Yeah, it started it's off getting as a messy. bit of a tiff and it's gone into a full-blown war. 
if you want to keep abreast of the developments in this hilarious saga, I absolutely recommend you follow at Exposing NB on Twitter. Yes. They're all on top of this. Yes. Anyone who knows Nathan Buckley will know he has zero filter when it comes to social media. I don't know if he just does a lot of drunken posting or if he's just naturally brazen as fuck, but he says what he's thinking and he doesn't have nice manners. He's not an inherently good person in any way, shape or form. <laughs> From the pleasant. start, he has suggested pleasant. that Matuk was fundraising money without the intention to make a case. And look, he might be right. I've been arguing this the whole way. I'm surprised Buckley even got up. But the irony was that Buckley had been scraping up money for a year and had nothing to show for it. He only lodged a couple of months ago. He's been at this for so long. Mm. So Matuk, if you haven't heard before, is a very colorful character. He was acquitted of a charge alleging that he orchestrated his own robbery in 2008 where he was tied up and assaulted, his office ransacked, his car stolen, and his prized possessions, a signed photo of Peter Brock. Brocky. And a genuine scribble from Picasso was stolen by thieves. Ruthless. Oh, no. He also ran for Liverpool mayor, apparently due to the fact they didn't approve some extensions to his house. I mean, <laughs> you can see what kind of guy this is. He's been a hyperactive geriatric on TikTok, doing these ridiculous videos saying, call Peter, hyping up the punters about vaccines and blah, blah, tyranny, and of course, encouraging donations. And it's worked really well. This guy's a natural salesman. He's sitting on like $300,000. Back in August, he claimed he needed $300,000 to start the case. Well, Pete, you've got $300,000. Where's the case, mate? What's the holdup? Yeah, that's uh, pretty much the point that Nathan has been making. It is. It is. So, of course, Buckley's not only taken issue to this inaction, but also to his success. Because Matuk isn't at 500 k like Buckley is. He's got $300,000, but he got there so quickly. And that must burn mm. Buckley up. <laughs> Buckley, being racked with jealousy and in true Buckley style, opportunism and general grift, is encouraging people to move their money from Matuk's fundraiser to his. And to be fair, it's because he's actually done something, whereas Matuk is kind of sitting on his hands. So if it weren't for Buckley's bold cash grab in the face of this chaos, I would be on his side here. I mean, at least he's filed, at least he's had a thing. You know, he's he's full of shit, but at least he's doing something. He's going to be dining fine for some time on the back of these minimum wage workers who donated money trying to save themselves from general fucking ruin and the plaintiffs who are going to be bankrupted by an ill-thought-out court case they should not have been encouraged to join. But at least he filed. So, Pete, where's the summons? Where's the summons, mate? Where's the summons? So it kicked off the other day with Buckley making a Facebook post and Matuk had clearly stated that he needed $300,000 to commence and surprise, surprise, nothing's happened. But unlike Buckley, he claims the money's going into a trust and it means it's going to be regulated by rules and that he's working pro bono. Also claims there'll be no refunds. So I don't know, Pete. I don't know if you're being completely honest here. Pro bono, $300,000. You don't need that much. You're definitely taking money here. It buys a lot of law and especially at your rate of $0. I mean, file it. File your summons, champion. Yeah, what you waiting for? Tell, tell him what's happening. So Buckley calls out Matuk for taking money for nothing, and Matuk has a proper hissy fit, which I absolutely loved. In his so-called formal reply to Nathan Buckley, which was formally posted on Facebook, he says, Jack? I wish to refrain from making a public statement about this, but unfortunately, you have left me with no choice. <laughs> Defamation proceedings will be commenced against you, and a formal complaint, along with screenshots of all your comments, will be passed on to the Law Society. Oh, no. You have blocked me from commenting on your page. Oh, no. You, <laughs> you deleted all my comments that proved you wrong. You are deliberately misleading the public with your one-sided posts initially designed to defame me. You have blocked and deleted anyone that has made comments supporting me and showing the truth beyond your lies. Consider this an official cease and desist notice. Don't we love great? them? 
There's a lot yeah. of them going on at the moment. Absolutely. It's it's a flavor of the week. And look, even though cease and desist notices have basically lost all meaning since Romana Digilo infected yeah. our country with her bullshit, delivering it by Facebook, I just feel like you should have sent a letter, you know? And like, maybe take a photo of the letter and post it on Facebook. But like, come on, man, like, have some fucking class. So Matuk posted this waffling eight-minute video full of bullshit claims and threatening to take Buckley for all his worth in a defamation hearing. Also flexing that he owns a building he works from because Buckley works from home. Like he's having like a jab at him for being yeah, a renter. Something. Yeah. That's just mockery. Huge yeah. martyr energy rattling about what a hero of the people he is. Like, I mean, come on, mate. Everyone can smell through this. He also claims Buckley hasn't been paying his experts, which was quite a wild claim. I'm guessing he's got the receipts to that because you wouldn't say that when you're just about to sue someone. So that's interesting. Uh, you know, well, bit of bit of muckrack in there. It's, it's, that's great. But um, realistically, it's probably all nonsense. I don't really care. I just love watching these people eat each other. And Serene Tafar, who's famous for raising about a million dollars for various anti-vax class actions in Victoria, that never happened, of course, getting struck off in the process, has thrown her hat into the ring because she continues to work with this title of the law firm Advocate Me that no longer operates, that she's been struck off and told not to go fucking near. She's just using the logo and claiming that she's a fucking advocate. She's acting a lot like a lawyer, even though it's technically illegal to do that mm. when you've been struck off. It's very naughty. But Serene, the broken clock, has finally got it right by saying that Buckley never stood a chance in court, and I will agree with her in that. But it's very suspect why she's backing Matuk, who hasn't even filed or given any indication as to whether he will, on what basis, with all this weird confidence that she has. So it seems like they've formed some sort of shonky alliance with her sharing all of Peter's cringy videos on her very large Telegram group and speaking highly of him in her weird, paranoid, shaky, hyperbolic posting style. I'm guessing she's making a buck out of this. I genuinely don't know that. God knows she needs some money. She's she been mm. fucked by getting disbarred. She's truly the Linwood of Australia. She's been thumbing her nose at legal fraternity and destroying her life in this weird, delusional, religious-style crusade against laws she doesn't quite understand, and just throwing her name on any sobsit bullshit she can to possibly make a buck and get some clout and do something. I mean, it's a little bit sad, very desperate, quite manic, and going to end up in tears. Yes, the anti-vax, anti-lockdown movement is clearly made up of people who have watched way too many episodes of Law & Order. I would say they have read too many John Grisham novels too, but let's face it, most of them, you know, you're just flipping through. Um, <laughs> they can't read. Illiteracy aside, their interest in the law has been both funny and sad, throwing their pennies being behind doomed causes because sketchy lawyers convinced them that all they need to do is throw money at a law and it will make that law go away. That's how it works. You just throw money at the law, it goes away. I don't like it. I don't like it. Here's money. Make it go away. So so look, this was a very long summary and I left so much out of it, but it, we would have been here for like three hours. Check the shitposting group for more details. We're posting heaps of stuff on there about the lawsuits. I could not make this bit any longer. I want to talk about the fair work thing. There's heaps of stuff. Just I'm leaving it. This is the first wave of ridiculous lawsuits and it's almost over with a judgment likely coming next week. And after that, Lada will have a bash. We get to see the settlers in Victoria have a crack. It's just going to be a fucking mess. All on the dime of misguided idiots throwing 50 bucks into a pot. <laughs> At this point, a good couple of million dollars have gone into this clown show. And for what? Nothing has changed. Nothing is going to change. This entire thing is fucking pointless. So as usual, I'll be following the circus. Keep you all posted on anything funny. Try not to keep it too detail-oriented. And I'm going to try not to make the next episode last half the fucking episode. <laughs> well, look, uh, Joel, uh, it's far be, it, far be it from lawyers and even law students to be long-winded. Yes. <laughs> well, and uh, now we have a, uh, a very unfortunate situation of a doctor who should have known better in Famous Last Words.
And in this week's Famous Last Words, it's a big farewell to Kenyan doctor Stephen Karanja, who made a brief mention in Black Bill Fuckwit this week because he is, or should I say, was. Was. A fuckwit, that is. Dr. Stephen Karanja, chairman of the Kenya Catholic Doctors Association, advocated steam inhalation and hydroxychloroquine tablets How'd as that go treatment for, for COVID-19 infection. He clashed with the Catholic Church over the safety of COVID jabs. Yep. The Pope says it's all right, champion. You just fucking stand in line and do as you're told. <laughs> <laughs> in a letter dated 3 March, Dr. Karanja said that, and I quote, there are drugs that have been repurposed and used collectively to treat COVID-19 adding that we also know that vaccination for this disease is totally unnecessary, making the motivation suspect. Okay, we, we know that, do we? Thanks for letting me know. Yes, we do. Direct quote from a letter that he wrote to Kenyan Health Authorities. He went on in different forms to advocate alternative treatments, including yep. steam inhalation, which we mentioned, and a cocktail of drugs, including hydroxychloroquine and the old horse paste. Yep. I've acted. Love it. Karenja is an obstetrician and gynecologist who strongly advocated to repeal Kenya's pro-choice abortion laws. How do these people get those roles? Just don't be a fucking OBGYN. Just In don't be one. In 2019, he led opposition against vaccination of schoolgirls uh, for cervical cancer, oh. saying the jab against human papilloma virus was unnecessary because it affected those whose lifestyle involves irresponsible sexual behaviours. They're the best people. In 2014, his association opposed the government's rollout of a tetanus vaccine targeting women, claiming it was a sterilisation campaign despite local health authorities. Uh, The World Health Organization and the UN Children's Agency, UNICEF, saying the vaccination was safe. It's fucking Uh tetanus. Jesus Christ. I've had it. Whatever. In a country with a quarter of a million COVID cases and rising, with more than 5,000 deaths to date, and as of today, with just 1.9% of Kenya's 47.6 million people vaccinated, Karanja must lay claims to having been directly associated with, with causing vaccine hesitancy and thousands of unnecessary deaths, as well as the women he has consigned to an early grave through cervical cancer or even fucking tetanus for that yeah, matter. Yeah, very preventable. Please don't do that. Anyway, after issuing that statement on March 3rd where he sniffed at vaccines, he turned his toes up on April 29 this year after being admitted to hospital with complications, guess what, arising from COVID-19 infection. Whoopsies. Where the conditional release program take no joy in announcing the deaths of anti-vaxxers from COVID, but in Dr. Karanja's case, we will make an exception. Yeah, absolutely. In the words of Nettie Smith to Brian, Alexander, who was strapped to an old cooker and about to take a dip in the Pacific Ocean just outside the heads of Sydney Harbour. See you later, pal. <laughs> and Dr. Cranger with the famous last words, we also know that vaccination for this disease is totally unnecessary, making the motivation suspect, has now logged off. Goodbye, God bless, and thank your mother for the rabbits. <laughs> It has been a huge week in Pete Evans. Huge! His manic posting spree, holding frantic pace. I mean, oh. Pete gave up his career to shit post. So busy. So he busy. had it all, $800,000 a year job on the telly, the respect of his peers, 
tons of bullshit products making him a fortune, residual income coming out of his ears, and let's face it, a place on the social scene. Yeah. People liked him. You know, Hell. people wanted to hang out with him. He went to parties. Now he's literally avoided like the plague. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> by anyone that matters at least because it matters to him. There's irony there. Because mm. he doesn't really mix much with the pores who would love to hang out with him, but he'd rather no, not. No. And this is all just for the right to shitpost. He dismantled his life for shitposting. It's just like Craig Kelly, like, <laughs> They're so similar. So when he stopped shit posting, we got a little worried. Is he yeah. okay? Maybe mm-hmm. a little too okay. Maybe he's actually come around and stopped being so fucking pilled. His followers were so worried. Pete, we need you to tell us what to think. And we have him back for better Yay! Life. It's a good-ish thing. It's not good. It's shit. If you read Pete Evans' Telegram feed, you might want to take a Xanax first and let it kick in. Don't don't take it and then read it. Give it half an hour because it's fucking terrifying. <laughs> This guy is completely convinced we're all going to die. I don't even think he's going to be spared, to be honest. I mean, a lot of anti-vaxxers say that all, all like vaccinated people are going to die. With Pete, it's just fucking everyone. Everyone. And the memes he posts are so terrifyingly vague. For example, one of them would say, and I quote, the FDA and drug companies, when it turns out their FDA-approved drug causes cancer, and the picture is saying, oops, my bad. Which drug, Pete? Which <laughs> fucking drug? Like, was this about Champix? We went through that. Your claim was false. But Pete... Which drug is it? I I might be on it right now. I'm on several drugs right now. Like, which fucking one? <laughs> just drugs. Just drugs. Just drugs in general. You're on drugs. You do ketamine like it's going out of fashion. And it probably is. It's such a shit drug. Fuck, just tell me. And I mean, look, he even has the nerve to claim that depression and anxiety has risen 25% during the COVID pandemic. For starters, yeah, a global pandemic that kills millions of people does tend to kind of fuck yeah. people's mood. A bit of anxiety. Yeah. Bit of a dampener. Makes people a little bit sad and anxious, but not nearly as sad as anxious as your fucking Telegram posts. Ah, there you go. They're terrifying. Pete, seriously, tell me the drug. I can't live like this. I don't know which drug it is. I think I'm getting cancer right now. Fuck. It's just every time I read something you post, I feel my heart rate rising. It's like, fuck, what if he's right? I mean, maybe we are all being played. Just he's never been right. Maybe, but maybe the jab is going to kill me. It's just uh, three years, mate. Three years. It's the Delta. But then, a nice, colourful image. Peace, love, and light. The universe will take care of us. I am magic. We are magic. Don't be afraid. Embrace happiness. And if the vaccine doesn't kill you, the fucking clouds will. Because they're spraying us with toxin. Everything you see in the sky is a fucking cloud of mist poison. You cannot (laughs) escape it. You are breathing it right now. They're doing it with planes and all sorts of technology you don't even know about. Aliens are involved. Pete, mate, it's hard to keep up. Is it light and love or death and destruction? Am I supposed to be desperate or am I supposed to be divine? It seems like you continually leap from the end of the world to the start of enlightenment and I just don't know which is which anymore. What should I feel, Pete? Tell me what to feel. So I'm worried about you as much as I'm worried about me. Maybe slow down the posting again because I don't think either of us can handle it. You are sucking down way too much fear juice and it is showing. You're out surfing with the idiot mate Dave O'Neill. Maybe keep doing that. Surfing makes you happy. Just don't breathe in after you surface because the air is full of chemicals and they're all going to fucking kill you. Hold your breath. Hold your breath. Hold Hold your your goddamn breath. Hold your breath, Pete. Hold your breath. And you have been listening to the Condition Release Program with your host, Jack the Insider and Joel Hill. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. And if you've enjoyed our bullshit, throw us a five-star review on your podcast app. Jack can be found on Twitter on at Jack the Insider and Joel on at Crunchy Moses with a K. We've set up a Facebook page you can find fairly easily. Also... 
promoting your podcast is easier said than done. So if you'd share this episode or a past episode or a future episode you've just sort of made up on the spot, I don't really give a shit. Just share and share alike because the more listeners we get, the more at ease we feel about this whole thing. And we just appreciate your work. And we just love knowing you're there. Yes, please. Because we know you're there. We can yes, feel please. you in our VCRs. And finally, all feedback, tips, and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, even if it's simply to tell us we've been excluded from the ACT and have to quarantine with Pauline Hansen in a hotel room. Oh, no! 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 Oh. I'm going to need a tennis ball to bounce against the wall for that one. <laughs> also a reminder regarding the wonderful Mary Jurek, who this episode is dedicated to. And Absolutely. a reminder to listeners that will pop up a link to the MND Association where you can donate. Uh, uh, it'll be up on our Facebook pages uh, where you can donate uh, along to there. You know, this thing is soluble. It just needs some money for research. So please get around it, listeners. And if you don't have money, don't feel bad. We love you just the same. Thanks, yeah. listeners. See you next time. Just inform yourself. Thanks, listeners. See ya. See ya.